From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith for HealthLink on Air. One of the doctors of family medicine at Upstate also serves as director of integrative medicine. And during this ongoing coronavirus crisis, I'm really appreciative that Dr. Koshal Nanavati has made time for HealthLink on Air. Thank you, Dr. Nanavati. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I want to let listeners know that your email signature says, inhale peace, exhale stress. And you really seem to practice what you preach when it comes to stress management. Um, especially now, I think maybe some of us could use some help staying calm. And I'm going to ask for your advice about that. But first, some basics. Um, let's talk about the facts about this virus that are most important for us to know. Well, and I think, you know, you guys have had uh, experts on and people have information at the fingertip for the virus itself and how it's spreading and where it's spreading and all those things. But the fundamentals of what we can do, so a lot of people get anxious and worried about, you know, what's going to happen. If we bring it back to, okay, what can I do in this moment? I think a couple of the major pearls that are consistent that have come up throughout the world includes proper hand washing and proper hand washing techniques. And even if somebody just Googled that, the you know, bottom line is, you know, washing your hands with soap and water uh, for at least 20 seconds and doing a diligent job of, of uh, washing your hands. And the other piece is the social distancing. And so people wonder, well, you know, what does that mean? And what's the big deal about six feet? And the thought is that based on at least information that we have, um, that six feet distance or two meter distance is about the distance uh, beyond which generally if somebody were speaking or uh, droplets or air particles were you know, uh, coming out, at that point they would hit the ground or would have hit the ground by then. So that's the reason for doing the six-foot uh, social distancing. But I think if people washed hands regularly um, and diligently and were able to maintain social distance, those are two of the best steps that we can take as a community to reduce the potential to uh, allow the virus to spread. And I just want to be clear, what you're talking about applies to everyone. You're not talking about sick people. You're talking about healthy people. Doing I am, this. because, you know, the thing that we don't know is who's a carrier. And so there are many people in the community. I think this morning I heard a percentage that nearly 86% of people, uh, you know, may, uh, who are carriers aren't symptomatic. And so the point is, if you're unsure, in either case, I think, you know, the fact that this virus is a pandemic, the fact that at this point it's in every state of the United States, which means... Uh, you know, it's in our communities. All of us can practice these tips of hygiene, which are good to practice in general anyway, uh, especially even during, you know, this time, but we think about flu season, etc. cetera. Um, and these are general good hygiene tips. So in terms of staying calm, I mean, just the word pandemic sort of is scary. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is, an unprecedented time, at least for many of us in our lifetimes, and especially for those uh, who have, you know, generally lived in the United States or not lived in other regions of the world where they have other types of stressors going on as well. And so the word lets us know that it's everywhere. Uh, and this is something where we don't have a vaccine. And while they're working on treatments, we don't have a definitive treatment yet. 
And so the best thing we can do is practice, you know, prevention and avoidance as much as possible of uh, the virus itself. And so when we say things like that, people get nervous. Oh, my God, you know, what's going to happen? Can I, you know, uh, be near somebody? Can I go outside? Can I go for a walk? These types of things. And the reality is that, you know, the virus is spread. Uh, we think possibly airborne, but definitely through particles. And so it's a matter of practicing good hygiene measures. Um, and, again, anxiety often is the result of kind of a potential or a worry about something that might happen. And whenever that happens, the best thing a person can do, uh, and I had a conversation with my staff as well, was take a nice deep belly breath. Right? Take the longest inhale possible and then slowly breathe out and even take even longer to breathe out. But if you really focus on taking the longest inhale possible and focusing on breathing out slowly, 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 slowly. Even as I'm saying this, many people are focusing on their breath and not on the worry. And so what it does is taking even just what we call a pattern interrupt breath, uh, it breaks the pattern of thinking, it breaks the pattern of anxiety from spiraling. And that's what tends to happen is when we start to get anxious, the emotion spiral. And actually in our brain, the prefrontal cortex that actually helps us with some of our logic, that actually doesn't get a chance to get activated. So when we take a deep breath and we calm ourselves down, that part of the brain can get engaged again, and that helps us to use reason, use logic, and to be able to then think about, okay, in this situation, what is in my control? And then if we do the things that are in our control, then what it at least allows us to do is do the best that we can do. And, you know, that may mean, you know, making a decision of whether or not to go uh, on a cruise, on a trip, which some people are still doing. At this time, that's not practical. Even as you're describing that, and I take the breath myself, you can sort of feel that little, that clench in your torso sort of let loose a little. Yeah, and actually when people, we have good science behind this, so we know that even 10 minutes of just taking nice, deep breathing and just letting your mind even drift. Uh, we know that cortisol, the stress hormone, goes down. Well, cortisol can affect uh, the weakening of the immune system, uh, has an impact on blood pressure, blood sugar, that type of stuff, and inflammation in the body. And so just 10 minutes of brief belly breathing, deep breathing like I described earlier, actually lowers the cortisol level. Now, we're breathing anyway, so why not use it to our advantage, right? That also helps serotonin, which is the chemical that's benefited by antidepressant medications like Prozac, so your mood can be enhanced. Uh, serotonin helps the gut motility, so digesting, so nutrients coming in, toxins going out, so our body gets healthier. Uh, it actually boosts melatonin, which people think about for sleep, but that can actually boost your immune system as well. So even that helps. And then dopamine, which is our feel-good chemical, goes up just with 10 minutes of deep breathing. And our fight-or-flight, our anxiety response, adrenaline, actually calms down. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Koshal Nanavati about coping with the coronavirus or the stress that comes with the coronavirus pandemic. Now, some people have anxiety to, be, to begin with. Um, they're diagnosed with anxiety. But during this time, would you say it's normal that everyone's sort of feeling a little anxious? 
I think it's very normal for us to be anxious about something that's so uncertain and evolving by, you know, the hour, if not the minute, uh, you know, around the world and definitely in our country, uh, in our state, and even in our county. And so, you know, not all anxiety, not all stress, not all, uh, you know, depression uh, has to be thought of as uh, it's a disease and a pathology and, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? Uh, the angst that comes with this state of affairs as we have it today actually is should be actually utilized by a person. Think about it as a, a red flag that goes up, that if I'm worried, okay, so then why am I worried? Uh, because there's something that we don't really have a sense of or a finger on or control over. Then what can I do about it? Well, right now, the best things we can do is to... Uh, you know, do the social distancing uh, to try to be consistent with the people that we come into contact with and, you know, to heed the advice of the experts um, and our uh, healthcare leaders who are encouraging people not to go out and to be in social gatherings, social environments where multiple people are there. Uh, and even if you're somebody who is meeting with a couple of people, but then you go and meet a couple of other people, and then you go and meet a couple of other people, you know, these are all contacts. And because we don't really know who's a carrier, uh, it's not something to panic about. It's just something to be practical about. I mean, in many ways, this affords us an opportunity to, uh, you know, be at home with our intimate ones. I mean, children are home from school. Uh, uh, many people that are, are working are having to be working from home or to be at home. Uh, and it's devastating in terms of, you know, statistics like one in five family members have a person who is at this time either working from home or without a job. Uh, and those types of, you know, statistics are worrisome, uh, but we can also look at the opportunity of time shared uh, and use it as a bonding type of time. I think some things people can do uh, beyond the deep breathing and meditation is actually, you know, do activities together, whether they be creative. Uh, we can also take this opportunity. I've seen things like people writing letters uh, to loved ones and relatives or giving them a call, connecting, uh, or even volunteering to try to help uh, those in the community that might be at higher risk or uh, ill and not able to get outside so that we can actually use this as an opportunity to support each other, to support the community, uh, and I think in that way, it also helps us to feel better and more positive at a time where there's a lot of negative feeling. Now, the gyms are closed, the fitness centers, but that doesn't mean you can't exercise outdoors or yeah. go, go for a walk or go to a park. Right. And again, you know, don't go. I think somebody had mentioned that, you know, they were going to do things like, you know, a Tai Chi class outdoors and things like that. The point is, don't gather in groups, uh, and as I think it was mentioned a couple of days ago, don't gather in groups of more than 10 people. So don't necessarily attend a class outside, but you can go for a walk with, you know, your loved one or a couple of you, uh, you know, even within the home. There are many things we can do in terms of just our own body weight. If people have stairs in a house, even just climbing uh, the stairs is an exercise. Walking in place is an exercise. Doing things like crunches or... Uh, you know, even uh, looking up a yoga video or Tai Chi, those are all things that we can do within the home, especially with the media and technology that we have available. Uh, and actually some of the distributors of different types of media have made it so that 
uh, at this time, people don't have to worry about a cost burden uh, to be able to access the web or Internet or information that's available online. Now, I think some people are tempted to turn to alcohol when they're feeling stress. Is that something that can calm a person, or do you... Well, so the thing about that is that, you know, that becomes a, what we would say as a maladaptive coping mechanism. So, you know, alcohol is a depressant. And so when somebody's feeling anxious and then they, you know, use alcohol or overuse alcohol, the problem is initially they may feel like, oh, I feel a relaxation. But the mood impact isn't the healthiest. The physical and physiological impact isn't the healthiest. So this is actually a time where people can actually take the time to prepare a nice salad, you know, with multiple colors um, and take time to even, you know, cook together or spend time together. Uh, I know many people have been ordering food from local restaurants to try to support them. Uh, you know, as your finances permit, if you want to do that, that's fine also. Uh, but, you know, sharing meals together versus, you know, families where people have been kind of eat as you can, catch as you can, catch each other as you can. This is an opportunity for us to actually be able to spend some time together uh, and community members to be able to actually take that time. So I would say smoking, alcohol, uh, you know, any type of uh, illicit substance use. Uh, people have asked, well, you know, should I be smoking marijuana? Again, what we know about uh, even that is smoking is not the, the healthiest approach uh, for that, even though uh, CBD and those things have been legalized right now using nutrition, using exercise, uh, focusing on the things that you can do something about within your own life, within your family's life, um, even thinking one step beyond to think about how can I help in the community that wouldn't put you know me or others at risk, right? Thinking about our community as a whole, and then the idea of using that breath as a means of calming. You know, even while we've been talking, people have been breathing. How many of us have actually taken the time to take a nice deep belly breath while we've been having this conversation? Uh, it's something that we can do all the time. What do you recommend for someone who normally has no trouble sleeping, gets a good night's sleep, but nowadays is struggling to, you know, not toss and turn all night? How do you get a good night's sleep when you're worried? So I think what's important is before going to bed, the routine that people have. If you're watching the TV and the news right before you go to bed, uh, that's going to put you in a stress state. Uh, and so, you know, some people use journaling. Others will actually take 10 minutes at bedtime. So, you know, I have patients sometimes take 10 minutes in the morning to do the deep breathing and set their intention for the day uh, so that they can think about how I can be the best version of myself today, what can I do to help myself but also to help others uh, and to bring peace and joy and contentment uh, to my life and to the life of others. What do I want my purpose to be? What do I want, you know, to contribute to society? That type of stuff. At nighttime, we can take 10 minutes of deep breathing and reflection to think about the day, day that was, uh, to express gratitude for the day that was, uh, for this opportunity that we have, uh, and for our loved ones in our life. And when we have those types of thoughts, because serotonin and melatonin go up, uh, that actually can help to bring about a calm that can help people to sleep better. Uh, some people use, uh, you know, some complementary therapies uh, and or uh, supplements like melatonin uh, and or magnesium. Uh, and sometimes those help as well. Um, but we do know that uh, the prescribed medications for sleep generally 
all of them across the board, don't really help people to get to a deep enough sleep. Uh, and so the quality uh, of sleep uh, isn't optimal with those means. Well, thank you to Dr. Koshal Nanavati. He's an assistant professor of family medicine and also the medical director of integrative therapy at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's HealthLink on Air.